I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter number 19, if you could. Revelation chapter number 19. And we're going to find our text here. Thank you for coming. Um, thank you uh, for the countless times we've been able to worship the Lord together. What a real blessing it has been. Revelation chapter number 19 and uh, verse number 11. Uh, we have been uh, thus far. This is the 42nd message we've preached out of the book of Revelation over the last year and or 11 months. And uh, I'm just trying to finish the book. Amen. Uh, but I believe God wants me to preach this this morning and I believe you believe you need to hear it, amen, and so um, we'll be attentive, we'll try to be quickly, uh, move quickly, and um, get out of here, amen, not that we're in any rush to get out of here either, amen, but I do understand for some of you um, that you've had service already, and um, some of you have not had service already, but some of you have, and some of you are going to have services again, and I'm with you because I'm preaching at Mount Carmel tonight, so I'll be up there with you, brother. Amen. So Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, the Bible says, everybody found your spot? Amen. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were as many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vestal dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress, the fierceness of the wrath of God, Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. What's this amazing thought? He's standing in the sun while the sun's darkened. Maybe at this time, I would consider um, the sun has been darkened. We understand the sun has been darkened. And so um, uh, he's standing in the sun and he's crying so far from the heavens. He's crying as he's standing in the sun and he cries with a loud voice and all of them hear him. How about that? Saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together into the supper of the great God. You may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men, flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. I saw the beast, and we know that's the Antichrist, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And against his army. Amen. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles. Before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Nobody's ever been cast in their dead. Just want to let you know that. Uh, all, every person that's ever went into the lake of fire or ever will go into the lake of fire will be cast in fully alive. There will be no death to their, to their being. Uh, verse number uh, 21 and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. I just want to be considerable of the time this morning, but I also want to be, uh, I, really, I really want to bring you this thought, and I want you to listen. I'm really burdened this morning, uh, this afternoon, and I believe God wants to, um, wants to do a work, okay, and so... 
I believe we'll, we'll just be sensitive to him and we'll preach the word of God. The word of God is what's going to destroy this enemy and the word of God is what's going to destroy Satan. It's going to destroy the false prophet, the beast, and it's going to save your soul if you want to get saved this afternoon. Amen. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, bless the preaching. Have you willing way. If there be any sinners, save them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now for about 6,000 years, the human um, scenes have been unfolded, right? Um, since the day man sinned the Garden of Eden, the whole of history has been moving towards this tremendous event that we're seeing here in our text. Now this is not the coming of the Lord as in the rapture of the church because we understand that He is going to come and He is going to gather His church together. He's going to gather up His jewels and He's going to bring them together. And we understand that will be called up. There's clearly a separation in Scripture where Christ is coming to stand on the clouds and calling us home in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And then there's this one where Christ is going to come to the earth and He's going to come back in all of His perfection and all of His holiness and all of His judgment and all of His power and He's going to reign on the earth. And so there is a difference between the two days. And so since the day that man had sinned in that garden, uh, in that time, we've been leading up to this event, okay? Now we understand this is not the consummation of it all. There are still going to be some time, but time as we know it after the thousand year reign is going to be over. It's going to be eternal. It's going to be an absolute. It's going to be the very life of God who is without beginning and without end. It's going to be perfect. And Aren't you glad and, and thankful for that day? Uh, um, but that event is the day that when Jesus comes to this earth uh, and He's going to come to this earth and He's going to come to this world uh, in power and He's going to come to this world in glory and He's going to reign on the throne of David. Uh, and beloved, I'd just simply like to let you know something this afternoon afternoon, uh, Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Uh, and now let's not get this mixed up. As I said, the, he'll, he'll come and He'll gather His saints. And, and if you're not ready there, friend, I'm telling you, He's coming uh, to gather the church and take them out. Uh, um, there'll be We understand this to be uh, the end of the 70th week of Daniel. And we understand this to be the last of it all. Uh, as God is fixing to come to this earth and wreak havoc and and bring judgment and your family could be there. Your family could be there. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Jeremiah um, that there'll be a hook in the jaw of all men. Uh, a, sudden, a sudden hook in their jaw to go to Israel and to fight for some reason. And we understand according to Luke chapter 20, Luke's gospel in chapter 21 where the Bible tells us that the reason for this battle is for those who are coming against Israel. And they're going to come against Israel and they're going to turn against them and then God is, says, hey, look up for your redemption draweth nigh." And so that's context to understand, but um, it's not, uh, this, this here, this coming here is not um, for the church, but rather it's with the church. Amen. And so it's different. It, it'll be a, uh, just imagine a glorious thing uh, um, to behold this someday. And as I said this morning, uh, as I taught in Sunday school, um, the return of Jesus has two sides to it. And we understand that. So the first part is when he returns in the cloud to receive his bride. Uh, and then the second part is when he returns in glory to defeat his enemies uh, and uh, to 
to reign upon the earth with his bride. And so I state yet again, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon, friend. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. If you'll consider that thought this morning, you'll realize that you don't need anybody else. Uh, I think, I think, I think Miss Ruth was from uh, this church, but uh, Brother Sutherland said that you'll never know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And uh, you'll never know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And can I tell you, Jesus is all you need. He's all you need. He's all you ought to want. Amen. You don't need anything else. You don't need anything else to soothe your time. You don't need anything else to soothe your body. You don't need anything else to, 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 to fill with addictions and, and all of this stuff that we can consume together. We don't need anything else. We just need Jesus. We just need Jesus. And so I'm going to preach this thought. Last week we preached on, uh, or Wednesday night, we preached on um, the first three parts here, or, or rather the first part, verse 7 through verse 10. And we saw um, the wedding in the sky where things were getting ready to take place as we um, were going to become the bride of Christ as we know it. We already are the bride of Christ with the consummation of the marriage and how everything works out. And so, But now, not only are we at a wedding, we're at a war. So I'm going to preach from a wedding to a war. And we'll be done. I want you to notice number one with me. There's the coming of Christ. There's the coming of Christ. And so the rapture takes place. Uh, and we understand that. And it will be sudden. And it will be so uh, um, swift. And according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 2. Uh, it will be as a thief in the night. Uh, I mean uh, as I mentioned this morning. Have you ever seen a thief come up to you and warn you that they're coming in their house that night? No there's no warning. Listen, I, I don't believe that there's anything, understand me, I don't believe that there's anything at all uh, that Jesus has to do or that the world has to do. Uh, there's nothing that needs to be built. There's nothing that needs to be torn down uh, for Jesus to come back. There's nothing stopping Him from coming back the next second. There's nothing stopping him from coming back. Uh, um, it's not going to be your soul that's going to stop him from coming back. Uh, he's been on suffering long enough. Friend, I'm telling you, I, I have a burden and Jesus is going to come uh, as a thief in the night uh, and He'll take us with Him unto heaven uh, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, wherefore, comfort one another with these words uh, according to the Bible. And so He's coming, friends. Uh, and so He is coming and we see in verse 11 uh, and so on and we'll read the verses. There is a manifestation uh, of Christ as He is coming and these verses tell us of something. Uh, and I saw heaven and open and behold a white horse uh, and he that sat upon him was called faithful uh, and true and in righteousness he did judge and make war uh, and his eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns uh, and he had a name written that no man knew except he himself uh, and he was clothed with a vestal dipped in blood uh, and his name is called the word of God uh, and he hath on his vestal and on his thigh name written uh, um, king of kings and lord Lord of lords. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you something. Uh, he is coming. Uh, and he's got three names that identify him. 
He's got three names. We're talking about his manifestation. We got the manifestation, uh, um, the types of Christ here, uh, the types. Uh, um, and from this description in verse eleven and verse twelve, uh, um, it gives us as clear to see that Jesus is a little bit different this time uh, um, than the first time he came. He's a little bit different. Uh, uh, he came first time as, uh, as Malachi came uh, and as Abigail came and as Samuel came and as the little one came uh, and as everybody else came. That's how he came. Uh, um, just he had a virgin uh, uh, mother and we understand that and he was born of a virgin. Uh, he was all God and he was all man. Uh, if his father would have been Joseph as some of the new Bible perversions uh, would like to say, if his father would have been Joseph, uh, he couldn't have died for your sins. Uh, he couldn't have paid for your sins uh, and because he would have been all man. Uh, and I couldn't pay for your sin. You can't pay for your sins. Uh, uh, but the God man can pay uh, for your sins. He was able, uh, um, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, in chapter number 2, uh, um, that he became flesh. Uh, um, we understand in Hebrews chapter number 2 that he uh, was just like us. Notice what the Bible says for as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. And then it tells us why. And that was to destroy the devil according to those verses. And it was to, um, to deliver the dead in those verses. And it was to um, defend those which are drawn away and enticed by their own lust. And if Jesus had not become man, he couldn't have experienced what we have experienced. Uh, he couldn't we wouldn't be able to go boldly before the throne of grace uh, that we might obtain mercy and help in a time of need. Uh, we would have never been able to do that if he had not taken part of the same. But he took part of the flesh and blood. In uh, these types, he gives us a clear description here that he was different this time when he comes. Uh, the Bible says that he's faithful and true. Uh, man, don't you know he's always been faithful and true? Forgive me this afternoon. I got a bad toothache, uh, and so I'm preaching through it. Amen. Uh, um, but he's faithful and true, and I'm sure many that it uh, um, looked like Jesus to many it looked like Jesus would never return. Uh, I mean, but he's faithful and true. Uh, he keeps his word friend whatever word he's ever said uh, he keeps the word and he'll continue to uh, um, friend he can be dependent on uh, he can be dependent on to keep his word forever uh, if he said you'd go to hell it would die without God uh, it ain't him sending you to hell but no answer is still an answer friend uh, and if you die you'll die denying God and the loving God uh, and that sent his only begotten son to die for you uh, and who is able and is faithful and true to His Word. Amen. The Bible tells us about the old Antichrist and it's simple. He'll rise in power and he will be riding on the back of the lies and false statements. However, when Jesus appears, there are no attempts to prove that He is who He is and who He said He will be. He'll show up as the King of the whole world and now everybody will just know it's true. They'll just know it's true. I mean, tell you just, just and I tell you, friend, just a word for you born again believers in here. Uh, always remember that you can trust Jesus. You can always trust Him, friend. Uh, uh, he will always keep His word. 
Jesus don't want nobody to go to hell because if he did, he would have he would have just chose it that way. Jesus don't want nobody to go to hell. He would have sent his son, but he sent his son because he loved the world, not love sinners, uh, not love this, but he did love sinners. Uh, but because he loved the world, he sent his son. Just I tell you, friend, if he ever made you a promise, claim it with the knowledge that he surely will bring it to pass. Yeah, man, just keep trusting him. He's faithful and true. He's faithful and true. Then it goes on and says, not only is he faithful and true and righteousness, he does judge and make war. Not only is he uh, he faithful and true, but he fights in righteousness here. Uh, all down through the history, there have been wars and wars uh, and wars and wars, and many have been fought for foolish reasons, uh, and we understand that. But in uh, in fact, uh, all wars bore down to one thing: sin. Every war that's ever been fought is because of sin. Now you think about that and struggle it all you want to, but they all come from the fact that men want to be God. Somebody wants superiority over somebody else. They fight over it and that's what they have. Uh, and they try to place themselves in a position where they'll be in total charge uh, of the world. And when they do this, other men stand up and say, No, you will not reign over me. Uh, and here's the war breakout, right? But Jesus, on the other hand, he, rages, he wages righteous war. He wages righteous war and his, his cause is a, is a just cause. It, it is. He fights the battle of the Lord and we may look, like to think of Jesus as a man of peace and He is a, a man of peace. He's the Prince of Peace as we learned um, this morning. This man also uh, in, his, in, his, in his Exodus chapter 15 and verse 3, He's a man of war. He's a man of war. Certainly God will pursue peace and God has. Friend, I'm telling you something. He fights in righteousness. And that means whatever is right and anything that is opposite of him and opposing to his nature and to him, he will fight against. Judge not upon the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Judge not upon the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. How many people in this day and this hour say, Oh, don't you know the Bible says, Thou shalt not judge. Anybody ever heard that? Amen. It's a bunch of hogwash. That's only people who only read part of their Bible. I tell you the truth. The Bible doesn't say judge not lest you be judged, which it does say that. But get the context of the Scripture. You can take it where you want to. But the Bible says judge not upon the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Uh, if you lay out something wrong uh, and it doesn't line up with this book, we have the right to tell you it doesn't line up with this book. I mean, simple as that. The Bible says judgment shall begin at the house of God. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is a man of war and he's going to fight against righteousness. Uh, He's going to fight with righteousness and in righteousness. Uh, And then it goes on and says his eyes uh, were as a flame of fire. And and so he is a flame of fire, friend. Uh, Men have lived under sin's dominion. Uh, um, They have loved it. They have lived it. They have just uh, absolutely just lavished in it. Uh, But now they will pay for it. No one will get by the eyes of God, friend. He's omniscient. And I'm telling you something, he can see all one thing, all things at one time. Uh, he can see things Santa Claus can't see, friend. I'm telling you, this afternoon, uh, he has a record book and it is kept. 
Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, it's kept, friend. The types of Christ. uh, And then it gives us titles of Christ as he goes on. uh, And in verse 12, he says, uh, And on his head were many crowns. Man, I could sit there forever. Uh, um, Those crowns are our crowns. Uh, Those are the crowns we've cast at the feet of Jesus. uh, And he's put them on. Uh, I don't know how it goes, uh, but I like the thoughts of it, friend. Uh, Maybe today he'll wear your crown. Tomorrow he'll wear somebody else's crown. Uh, Amen. But friend, I'm telling you, Telling you, he had a name, a written that no man can name. Yeah, but he himself is an exclusive name, and the Bible tells us that this is what it is. It seems that no man at that time that those that refused to know the name of Jesus, except as a byword or except as a bad word, now they cannot know him at all. Amen, friend. He's more to me than just that. Amen. Amen. I was telling somebody about the Bible, about Jesus earlier, and I, I did, made the mistake of something I normally don't do. Y'all know me. I, I normally keep quiet. Amen. Somebody say amen right there. I mean, I mean, I, I, but, you know, I, I commented on a Facebook post because somebody was blaspheming the Lord, and I'm just not going to take that, okay? You can say what you want to say about, about me, about somebody else, but... Go ahead and talk about my God, and, and I'll tell you go straight up. Just go ahead uh, and use somebody else's God to talk about, because you don't have no right talking about mine, amen. Uh, he's my God. But uh, uh, they were talking about this and that, uh, and this man's trying to use uh, um, some wicked, perverse way of thinking uh, um, to bring this th- thought up, and then uh, he says the GD word, and I didn't comment, by the way, back. Uh, not yet, at least. I haven't got out of church yet. Uh, um, but I'm going to get right and righteous with the Lord uh, and real religious and then I'm going to comment back on this joker uh, um, but I'm just telling you something friend uh, is that Jesus comes uh, and right now you can claim the name of Jesus uh, you have all the right to uh, but he is not a byword uh, he is not a bad word uh, he is none of those things friend uh, but one day if you take this opportunity uh, if you do not take this opportunity uh, you will not know him his name at all. He'll be exclusive from you. Friend, I'm telling you, however, there's coming a day when man will not be able to know him as Savior. Amen. I don't know when that day is. You say, preacher, when is? I have no clue and neither do you. One day you only know him as judge. You'll either worship Him by, 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 by choice now or you'll worship Him by force one day. I promise you there'll be in no between. I'm not trying to be mean this morning, but I'm telling you the God's honest truth from Scripture is that we have a God in heaven who loves us and is long-suffering to us right now, but one day you'll bow at His knees whether you know Him or not. Amen. I beg you, friend. I beg you, call in the name of Jesus while he's still saving souls. The Bible says, Spirit and God will not always strive with man. Do not wait until he returns in judgment. Don't do any of those things, but in that day you will not even be able to know his name. His exclusive name. He goes on to tell us that he's clothed. He, he, he was clothed with a vestal dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. It's an eternal name. 
It's an eternal name. Uh, uh, friend, I'm telling you, he's called the Word of God and ever since he stepped on the scene, uh, um, Jesus has ministered through his Word. Uh, um, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, uh, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The uh, uh, same was in the beginning with God. Uh, he spoke a breath uh, uh, and made Adam, he made Eve. Uh, he spoke a breath and put uh, air in the nostrils uh, of God uh, of Adam. Uh, and friend, he spoke a word and created everything you ever seen Uh, he stepped on top of nothing and created everything but friend he merely spoke and this vast universe is all it contains uh, came into being Uh, when he walked uh, in this world he made the word of God live in the eyes of men Uh, and friend when he returns in power uh, and great glory he will speak the word and all of his enemies uh, will be slain before him Uh, may I just say to you his word is completely eternal His word is eternal. It still works. It's still the word of God that reveals our sin. Uh, It's still the word of God that uh, um, shows us a redeeming Savior. Uh, It's still the word of God that teaches us how to live. Uh, uh, Today that word can be such a blessing. Uh, And if you refuse to receive the word and come to Jesus for salvation, uh, one day you'll face the word of God in judgment. I'm telling you, friend, in that day it would contain no words of mercy but only words of damnation and judgment. Uh, Today uh, is the only time you have to really meet Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. It is an eternal name. It goes on in verse 16. uh, And it says, These the King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, Oh, friend, it's an exalted name. It's an exalted name. Uh, uh, friend, this verse tells us when Jesus returns, He'll have a name uh, uh, put onto His thigh. Uh, and that's what it will be of the garment. And this name is a title that He has uh, always deserved. Uh, it's a title that when ne- that never men uh, much acknowledged this name. Uh, um, but while He was on earth, His own people refused to acknowledge Him as King. They put a they put a uh, they put over top of his cross and said, "This is Jesus, uh, the King of the Jews." Can I just tell you, Jesus is not just the King of the Jews, but He's the King of the Jews and you, and all the rest of the world. Amen, friend. Jesus is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And one day He'll return in power of this world and will be forced to admit what they've always denied. What they've always denied and that Jesus is indeed King. He's King. He's not just Master. He's not just Rabbi. He's not just Lord. He's not just a good teacher. He is King of kings. Amen. Have you received Jesus into your heart? Have you received Him in your heart? I, I keep coming back to this because it's so important, friend. It's so important. What you do about Jesus now will determine what He does with you then. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you need to be ready, friends. The, the, the Lord is coming. Jesus is coming. Uh, we see uh, um, the, the, how He was manifested. Uh, and we see His military, for lack of better terms. Uh, in verse 14, The armies which were in heaven followed Him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen and white and clean. Every king has an army, right? The Lord isn't no exception, and it's a wonderful thing. Amen. He's, he, he has an army that's large. It's of a special nature. 
And they're dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Don't look like they're going to fight. Because they ain't. He's going to do all the fighting. And there's no, there's no armor. There's no mention of that. There's no mention of any of them. They don't have machine guns. I mean, they're not holding any of those things. This is a strange way to send soldiers into battle. To me, it says armies, am I right? Jesus does all the fighting, though. That's an amazing thing to me. He said, preacher, who's this army? Well, this is my favorite part. The attire gives us a clear indication of who this actually is. Because we can use the scriptures. We don't need anything else. And look back at verse 14. And where the Bible says it's fine linen, white and clean. Well, we can look back um, over here somewhere or another and find the exact same linen. Verse 8. And to her was granted, meaning his bride, that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. So she just happens to be wearing the linen and clean and white that Christ just gave her. It's amazing how the Bible works. Amen. And so it, this, this is the bride of Christ. This is me and you. Anybody glad about that? I mean, we'll be riding in that army when the Lord Jesus returns to claim victory over all of his enemies. Uh, and if you don't know how to ride a horse, don't worry, you'll know then. I told him this morning, I'm allergic to horses right now, but I won't be there. Amen. One preacher said, I had to name my horse. His name's going to be Glory because that's the only thing I'm going to be saying when I'm going. And so I, I'm just telling you, we'll be riding with Jesus in the battle. What a day that's going to be. Military, his material choice. Now I want you to notice that. The Bible says right here in verse 15, it says, And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nation, he should rule them with a rod of iron. Now I want you to notice real quick that that's talking about two different select times as well. So we understand that he's going to be out of his sharp, that, that sword is going to be worked two ways. And that's an amazing thing. Because, you know, according to this Bible, it's a two-edged sword. And it works two, two ways as well. So this sword works two different ways as well. It's going to work for ruling and it's going to work for destroying. It's going to work for two different ways. The same sword that hurts you uh, and, and shows you your wrong place in Jesus, that you're not saved, the same sword that shows you that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God is the same sword that one page over tells us that God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's the same sword. It's just got two different sides. I mean, the same scaffold they use to sew you up is the same scaffold that could be used to cut you back open. It works both ways. It can fix both things. Uh, and Christ said uh, um, that His sword uh, is a uh, sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, and He doesn't bring guns or tanks or artillery uh, or nuclear weapons. He merely brings His Word. That's it. It has the power to help men. It has the power to judge men. Instead of needing big arsenals of weapons, uh, uh, all Jesus needs is His Word and His enemies uh, are forever defeated. Uh, and he, uh, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse number 4, the Bible says, But with righteousness uh, um, shall He judge the poor and reprove with iniquity uh, uh, for the meek uh, of the earth. And He shall smite the earth with the rod of His mouth and with the breath uh, of His lips uh, shall He slay the wicked. Uh, and friend, it is mentioned here that Jesus will Rule. Seem by glad about that. With a rod of iron. 
Now don't miss this. The word rule means to shepherd. And so after his enemies, after his enemies are defeated, the Lord will establish his kingdom and will be on the earth for a thousand years of millennium reign. Amen. It's our honeymoon, by the way. And so we'll be here for a thousand years and, and, and Christ will lead, us, lead the flock. He'll shepherd us. And there's a whole lot of things that's going to happen in there. And I'm not going to get into it. Most of y'all heard it this morning. But I, I'm just telling Jesus will tread the wine press. It's also mentioned Jesus will tread the wine press, the fierce wrath of God. Uh, uh, man, what a picture this is. I mean, uh, it's like a man crushing grapes under the feet to force them to release their juices. I mean, literally. That's what the picture here. And so the Lord Jesus will crush the world under his feet. He'll make his enemies his footstool. It's true. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And he will crush all the life out of every opponent of righteousness in God. Are you Now I'm going to ask you again. Are you ready for his coming? Are you ready for his coming? Are you saved this afternoon? Because if you're not, you may be crushed under the feet of God too coming of Christ. I want you to notice I'm moving quickly the calling of Christ. Verse 17 18 I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice saying to all that fowls that fly um, in the midst of heaven come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings, flesh of captains, mighty men, horses and of them that set on them the flesh of all men both free and bond both small and great uh, and so there's a calling here in verse 17 of scavengers. There's a calling of scavengers. The slaughter uh, will be so great uh, when the Lord does battle that God calls for the fowls of the air to come uh, and to help dispose of the body of all uh, um, that have been slain uh, by His feet crushing. I'm telling you, it's not going to be good. It tells us in Revelation chapter 14, we went through that. It tells us that the blood will be uh, to the horse's bridle. That's an amazing slaughter. That's an amazing slaughter, friend. And, uh, and God will be walking down the valley of Megiddo. Uh, and the valley of Megiddo is 1,600, mile, uh, or 1600 furlongs. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you, one furlong equals 660 feet uh, or 220 yards. Uh, a little over two football fields. Uh, it's 1,056,000 uh, or um, 1,056,000 uh, feet uh, along. Uh, 352,000 um, thousand yards long isn't that a lot of football fields 352,000 yards uh, and some 200 miles. Uh, I mean, 3,520 football fields uh, will be lined up uh, and the blood will be four foot high. Friend, I'm telling you, it will be uh, Megiddo. Megiddo uh, will be a little over uh, uh, 146.5 square miles uh, of blood. Blood uh, and it's dry. I mean, imagine this on a more spectacle view. Uh, I mean, friend, if you were to drive 50 miles on the other side of Atlanta, that's how long it's going to be. 50 miles on the other side of Atlanta. You drive to LaGrange, Georgia, from Saluda, North Carolina, 50 miles on the other side of, uh, uh, of Atlanta, and put something four foot deep. That's how deep the blood's going to be when Christ comes and steps his feet on the Mount of Olives and one in the sea, and then comes to Megiddo and destroys his enemies. 
It's going to be deep. It's going to be long. And it's going to be over. Because scavengers will be coming to destroy and take care of the calling. And there's a calling of the scavengers. Verse 18, that you may eat the flesh of kings, captains, mighty men, horses, and of them that set on them, and the flesh of all men, both free, bond, both small and great. Uh, we see the consuming of the slain. The consuming, uh, all the levels of the armies of God, uh, uh, enemies are on the menu for this great supper. It's a supper. Is that what it says? Look at verse 17. Unto the supper of our great God. It's a supper. In life, they were separated by class and rank. and I mean, uh, but we see slave and free man and, you know, small and great. All reduced to nothing more than food for the scavengers in that day, though. I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus, it could be within seven years. I'm not kidding you. It could be within seven years. Somebody asked me one time, said, Preacher, how long do you think the world's going to be until eternity starts? I said, I don't know, but all I do know is it's at least, at least going to be a thousand and seven years. That's all I know. That's all I know. At least. Because Jesus could come back right now. And if he does, are you going to be ready? Because if you're not, you may be part. You've heard the gospel. According to 1 Thessalonians, you won't get to hear it again. I'm telling you, they're, 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 in death, everybody's equal. Everybody's equal in death. And, and friends, death is a greater level. I, I'm telling you, no matter who you are, when death comes for you, everything you had, everything you were will be no more. Your money, your position, your power, your intellect, your everything, it's going to be gone. I'm not trying to just bust a bubble or anything. I like living this life too. Hey Amen. I love my boys. I love them to death. I want to raise them. I want to raise them as godly men. I want to have the opportunity to do that. I want to see souls come to Jesus more. Don't you, brother? I mean, we do. We do. It's not that we're just absolutely uh, um, just, Lord, please come get me now. Yeah, in one sense we are, but really we like to serve God. I like preaching and serving the Lord. I'm telling you, you add everything up that death can't take away, that's how much you're worth. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a big disaster. The consuming of the slain, we see the coming and the calling of Christ. And then we see his combat, the combat with Christ. Look at verse 19. The Bible says, And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. We see the drawing to Megiddo. Now all the armies of the world, armies that are enemies today, will join together to fight against the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns. Do you believe that? 100%. Armies that were fighting with one another just before Jesus comes back will join forces in an effect to defeat the Lord and his army. It's just going to happen. If you believe the Bible, that's how it's going to happen. I mean, but this is meant, it's meant to be. And so God will draw them here to his killing field so that he might execute them. I mean, like I said when I preached through not long ago, is that there'll be people who don't even like flying uh, who will have a sudden draw to the land. They'll say, I need to get on that plane. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's how it's going to work. And their desire shall be put to an end to the Lord. To the Lord and all he represents is going to be just destroyed. They, they, they will fail miserably. 
They're coming to fight a fight they've already lost. The drawing to Megiddo. Then we see in verse 20 and 21, the destroying in Megiddo. These two verses tell us some amazing news of how the battle's going to turn out. And if people would only listen and read their Bible, they would already know. They would already know. I, I don't know if this to be exactly true because there will be a strong delusion over the world. And so take what I'm about to say as a grain of salt, but I believe it could be very applicable because I believe there'll be people who have literally heard some, taught some, read this word. And when they get a drawing to Israel, they'll know what's taking place, but they won't be able to stop it. Now think about that. What I mean is that they'll know what's going on, but they're just going to go. Now, like I said, take it as a grain of salt because I can't just prove that or anything like that. But there'll be people who have heard the Bible preached who are in this. And they've been sent a strong delusion. We understand that. All I'm telling you, friend, is that there's going to be a destroying someday. And the Bible says, And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet and wrought miracles before him with which he had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. The ministers of Satan are destroyed. They're destroyed. Throughout the tribulation period, the Antichrist, the false prophet, had led people to believe that they were just some sort of super, superman or superhuman and they had used deception to conceive the world that the Antichrist was uh, uh, in fact God. And they, their plan was so conceiving or so convincing uh, um, that the world bowed to reverence the beast. And they said, who is like unto the beast? Uh, who is able to make war with him? Uh, and however, when the Lord returns, uh, it will quickly become apparent that these men despite all that they had uh, tried to deceive and their miracles were nothing more than something ran by the devil uh, and a devil power uh, and these men are taken and they receive a, a fate far worse than just death. Uh, um, they are cast alive into the lake of fire uh, um, burning with fire, with fire and brimstone uh, and they are sent directly into hell and Jesus will claim the victory uh, over these men. Hallelujah. Ministers of Satan are destroyed. The multitudes of sinners are destroyed. Verse 21. We're done. Could I get you to come up here please, Andrew? And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. Which sword proceedeth out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. With the image in your mind of all the great leaders of the world... Um, being taken alive and cast into hell, still burning to this very day before the eyes. The Lord Jesus will speak the word and all the enemies will be destroyed. In an instant of time, their blood will saturate the cloth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and I'm telling you, friend, uh, I'm telling you, uh, the fowls uh, of the air uh, and all the things, uh, all their rotting flesh uh, will come together and it will consume, be consumed by the fowls uh, of the air and without firing a single shot, uh, without shooting a single cannon, uh, without throwing a single bomb, uh, without doing any kind of thing like that, uh, Christ will destroy the sinners. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, without any of those things, it'll be a dreadful, dreadful day. 
I believe this is when the Bible calls us a great and dreadful day. It's great for some. It's dreadful for others. Friend, I love you. And I want you to be born again. I want you to be saved here this afternoon. And you can be. You can be because there's still God in heaven. There's still word of God. There's still God who's willing and able to save all those who are coming to Him. He's able to save you to the uttermost. To all who are coming to Him. Seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. He is willing. He is able. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, whosoever, I still believe whosoever. The Bible says that, friend. Could we stand to our feet this afternoon? Listen, if you have any family members lost this afternoon, do you have anybody in your family directly? Do you have anybody here? Do you know anybody that's lost? I'd encourage you, child of God, you ought to come pray for them. There's there's one thing, there's one thing uh, that the devil cannot fight against. And that's the prayers of the saints. Because he can't make them there. He cannot make it to them. Friend, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You need to get saved this afternoon. Don't go to hell without God. Don't go to hell without God. Don't do it. You don't have to, I promise. You just come to this altar. And if you need to call upon the Lord, you just do it. The Bible said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible said, If thou... That that's that's it. God in heaven, we love you. God, we love you. God, I've preached what I believe is is, is right from Scripture. Lord, and God, I need your help. Lord, I ask you to be with each person that's in this building this afternoon. Lord, if there be any loss, please, Lord, show them their lost condition and save them. Lord, the Bible said it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, Lord, that but God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, I, I, I know Your Word. I believe Your Word, God. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Lord, the Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says, Lord, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says, but God, but God, Lord, we know you loved us. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, that you love sinners. You love me. Lord, I ask you, dear God, to help us to get right with you. Lord, help us to live right for you. God, and if we've, Lord, if we've ever seen a day when, we, when people needed to turn to you, Lord, today is the day. Lord, the word says today is the day of salvation. Lord, I pray you'd prick the hearts. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name.
What's keeping you back? What's holding you back? What's holding you back? Listen, a lot of people think in this world, in this hour, that they have to change this or change this or stop that or stop this to be saved. No, listen, Jesus is enough. He'll do the work. He'll do the work. He said it is finished on the cross. There's nothing else you have to finish or accomplish. Besides believing on Him. That's it, believing on Him. God, help us in this day and this hour. I asked somebody earlier, I said, do you believe in Jesus? Absolutely. That was today. Believe in Jesus. Absolutely. Do you love Jesus? Yes, I, I love Jesus. Does He love you? Yes, He does. Well, then why haven't you accepted Jesus? Why haven't you accepted Jesus? If He loves you and you love Him, and He has to, I also asked her, I said, I, I, I said, I said if, if He died for you, what did He say? What is He willing to save you from? Here in hell, is what the person said. You're right. That's exactly what He wants to save you from. And He's able to. He's able to. We've established it all. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. This Bible is nothing but a love story, friend. It's a love story of how a man, our God, loved men so much that He would send His Son to die for you. And then one day bring you together with Him. Job cried in the Scriptures. And it's a cry we'll never have to cry. Job said, Oh, neither is there any days betwixt us that could grab God's hand and grab my hand and bring us together. There's not one. Oh, but friend, Jesus came. And there is a mediator in the man, Christ Jesus, who grabbed on the cross of Calvary, grabbed the hand of God and grabbed my hand and said, here you go, I'll bridge the gap. This is the only way Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you leave here this afternoon not believing in the precious blood of Jesus Christ and not not trusting in Him, you'll die and go to the devil's hell. Don't do that, friend. Amen.